I am on. There I am. There's a lag. There was a, there was a lag. All right. Well, uh, happy uh, Independence Day to everybody. We're so grateful for y'all being here with us. And uh, it uh, excited. We're kicking off a brand new series. We closed out the, solu- the uh, Solution series. And we're kicking on, off a new one called Now Showing. Because the fruit of the Spirit should now be showing in our lives. That's what we God is doing in our lives. We're going to be looking at it. So we can see some of us kind of think we know what love is or what joy is or what biblical gentleness is. And so, um, but maybe we don't. And so we're going to just walk through these one by one. And I'm very excited about doing that together. Um, This is the part of the service where if you came prepared to give, this is your opportunity to do so. If you're with us uh, for the first time or so, please uh, feel no pressure. But we... uh, uh, this is where those that have pulled in and believe in what we're doing here or help support that. And uh, we're about to uh, ha- take an opportunity to do that. We always take a, a, a minute to, to think on a, a scripture, on, uh, on a truth. And uh, out of the Bible, the Bible has a ton to say about our finances. And Deuteronomy 8.18 is what we're looking at today. It says, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And part of that thing of remembrance is in remembering it that that it comes from him and saying, God, you know, lead me, guide me, push me in the right direction. Show me what to do with this. You've provided resources, help me spend it wisely and invest it wisely for my family. But God, also, I don't want to be a dead end for this money. I I want to be used. I want it to to make a difference in the kingdom's life and allow God to speak to you in that way. And uh, when that when we uh, when we do that, that is this this act of remembering that, hey, this isn't all about me. My, my paycheck isn't all about me. My, my time and my talents and treasure are not all about me. There's something bigger happening here in my life. And so uh, <clears throat> that is what we want to, to be aware of and be, and be pressing in on. So, uh, folks, gentle people, uh, we can go ahead and pass those uh, baskets right quick. Well, we are in our first part of uh, the series on the fruit of the Spirit. If you... Uh, came in you should have got a nice little pretty piece of paper that's got some notes on the inside got some blanks uh and we're about to fill those blanks in we're going to cruise right through this now this is um i I like to have a launching concept i like to have kind of something that we we just mull over and we keep coming back to all the time and with this series this is it it says god is growing us from the inside out we will begin to show more and more of his qualities, his qualities in our lives. And this is so beautifully, so poetically referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. This is something that, that the Spirit of God does in our lives, that we can try to, to force it or manipulate it out of our lives, but when it really shows up, this is brought about by the Holy Spirit, by God himself and these are attributes these are these things that that come from papa these are things things that come from god that grow up out of our lives and these are things that have a uh, an impact on us and everybody around us now uh at the here at the, at the clark family there's um uh i, I was i've uh, been doing some some audio recording and i was listening through my recordings that i already had on my little voice recorder and one of them i I run across it as a, a story, a running story that we do as a family. And uh, I created up this uh, these characters for the kids. We have five kids. Number six is on the way. 
and uh, created these characters and this world and all this stuff. And, and they're representative, these characters are representative of, of my children. And I was just incredibly creative with their names. I mean, just incredibly creative. We, they live on the Isle of, of Babalu, and, which, of course, is not an original name. And, but I remember, I'm making this up as we go on this, on this story. And uh, so they're called Babylonians. And so we created this, this world. And then we have the, the five, about to be six, uh, protectors of the Isle of Babalu. And we have Kinaloni. Brocaloni, Westaloni, Lindaloni, and Carceloni. Uh, that's basically my kids' names. If you don't know that, I wasn't very creative with the names. And uh, I, I probably need to go back to the drawing board on that. But we would uh, record this. And um, so and they each kind of have these, these unique giftings and these unique powers and stuff. And, and like Keenan, and he was, uh, he, all his life, he's always enjoyed digging. And so I made him where he's, he fights with this double-ended sharpened shovel. And he's able to dig at like warp speed and dig through everything. And he lives his like, his Kinaloni mansion thing is this underground labyrinth of rooms and caves that he's you know he's dug out and 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 uh so and he you know that's his deal and and brooklyn i have her character and and uh brooklyn is able to uh you know to to walk up uh um you know trees just just walk up things and camouflage into things and do all these different stuff and weston is uh um, able to uh, build things incredibly quick out of just sticks and stuff and and Lyndon, my my little fashion diva um she um is able to uh to weave really quickly and knit and she fights with these oversized knitting needles and uh and and has this like bandoliers of these little knitting needles and throws these knitting needles like stars and stuff and so so we we have this great time and uh, carson talks to the animals he loves animals and and so um so they 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 love that they love to, to hear that and to, to what their, their character is capable of. And as I'm listening to this story, then what we, we started it by, I interviewed each of them and said, okay, tell us about the character that's inspired by you. And I did that because I'd forgotten some of the details. And so I knew they would remember their character. And so they were able to refresh my memory. And, uh, and so when we get to it, Carson at the time is about six years old. And he begins to, and he says, um, and each of them are introducing themselves on the thing, and everybody uses their right name. And we get to Carson, he says, hello, I'm Carceloni. And, uh, I mean, he just took ownership of the character and begins, oh, oh, I mean, I'm Carson, and my character is Carceloni. But then he begins to say, I can do this, and I can talk to animals, and I'm a boxer, and I can do all this stuff. And they just love seeing these, these attributes that there, there's something out that were that were handed to them by the Father, something that was bigger than themselves. Whenever we begin to read this, that we're about to read in Galatians five twenty two, okay, I want you to see this as the attributes, these incredible life altering things that God wants to bring up out of your life. I want you to see this as what as the as God Himself wanting to show off in your life and express himself in your life let's look at this galatians five, twenty-two. we ought to read this with the excitement that my kids get excited about hearing about their characters but the fruit of the spirit what god wants to produce in your life is love and joy and peace 
and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You won't find any place in the Bible where it tries to limit the expressions of those things, where it tries to tone it down and say, whoa, 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 be, you're, you're being too joyful. Chill, chill, chill. There's some limits here on the joy. There's some, you're too peaceful. You are too relaxed. You need to, you're too kicked back in God. You need to get a little, you need a little bit of anxiety in there. No, no, no. It's, this is, this is where we're able to like super exceed. This is where we're supposed to push the limits, where we show off God's character in our lives. It should be in these areas see those who belong to christ jesus have crucified their sinful nature we talked about the whole soul series about pushing that that sin nature out and embracing what god has done in our life with its passions and its desires and since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited and provoking and envying each other You know what? These things should be so expressed in our lives that if somebody doesn't walk in the Spirit, they might even begin to envy the amount of love in our lives, the joy in our lives, the peace in our lives. And we're given a warning with each other. Hey, as as one of your brothers and sisters in Christ begin to show these fruits on this really phenomenal level, don't be envying it. God just wants to do that in your life too. Don't begin to get into strife over this deal. God wants to do this in your life too. See, we have to understand that this is the fulfillment of the promises spoken by Jesus. That he has freed us to live life with these outcomes that our hearts have always desired. I tell you what, you talk to anybody across the board and they want to have a life of love. They want to be joyful. There are people that walk in, they pay good money to sit in front of the screen and be made to laugh a little bit because they want to be joyful for a minute. Because they don't have any true joy in their lives. We're hungry for real joy in our lives. To have peace. My gosh, how many people have, have popped a pill or put a needle in their arm or, or, or got into a relationship because they were simply looking for some peace. They were simply looking to be able to push the pressures of life out. My gosh, we cry out for these. Patience and kind, all of these things We cry out for these. These are what we've been wanting all along. But these only come. These only truly come as we allow the Spirit of God to work in our lives. See, John 15, 3 through 5 says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine." Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And part of this growth process is us learning that we are desperately dependent upon God. That we are desperately dependent upon Him. That there's no, we can't add a person into our life that's really going to make us joyful. We can't add an event. We can't add some sort of thing. We can't change the development of our bodies. We can't learn enough knowledge. We can't do anything to make these things really come into our lives. That's why as the, the, the uh, 
Solomon was looking and he was pursuing all this and he over and over again goes vanity, vanity, all is vanity. It doesn't produce this kind of stuff in our lives. And see, that's why we were looking and we walked through the soul series for so long because what happens is, is this thing, our lives begin to change as the seed of the word, the truth of God's word, begins to get implanted into our hearts, into our souls, into who we are. And then we allow the spirit to begin to grow these things up out of our lives. And it's vital that we make sure that our heart is hungry and ready for that. Now, I used to work for a, a landscaping company in a, in, a, in a nursery here years ago. And he would tell people, because, man, I grew up and, man, I, was, I, would think, I thought I was being trained as a kid to be like a specialized weed picker. And um, because any time I got in trouble, if I said I was bored, if I anything, it was pick a hundred weeds, pick a hundred weeds. And so, man, I I got to where I could just grab handfuls of weeds, and I was a good weed picker. And uh, but you know what? We always had weeds in our in our lawn, and so there was always, especially in the backyard. And um, so when I got my first lawn and was taking care of lawns, I thought, man, you just got to really be on top of this and pull all these weeds, and. The, this, this nurseryman told me, you know what? He said, especially with like Bermuda grass or any of the, the little crawling vine grasses, he said, weeds can't compete with grass in good ground. They can't do it. So instead of focusing on all the junk that's coming up, focus on helping the grass to be healthy, and it would choke the weeds out. It'll remove the other stuff. Well, you know what? It was true. Bought a house that had, had a, was a house sitting in the middle of a dirt lot. That's what it looked like. I mean, it was just it had been abandoned. It was horrible. It was a terrible house. And uh, we fixed it up and made it nice. And we just, I just started pouring the water to that. And sure enough, there were Bermuda roots under there. And it started coming up. And the weeds started coming up. But it didn't take but about two seasons. And they had choked everything. And I had a nice, pretty, lush, green lawn. Didn't pick a single weed. Why? Because I poured the fertilizer and the water to it and I let the, the healthy stuff choke out the other things. That's what God wants to do in our lives. That's why we, you don't hear me all the time talk to you about sin, sin, sin and all the stuff you need to get out of your life. Guess what? I'm not an idiot. I know there's stuff we all need to get out of our lives. You know what? I could sit up here and say you need to, we all need to quit doing this and stop doing that. But you know what? We're not into weed picking. You know what? I'm not going to come up here and I'm not going to pick your weeds. You know what I'm going to talk about? We're going to talk about the seed of our... We're going to talk about the soul of our hearts. We're going to talk about the seed of the Word. And we're going to talk about saying yes to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life. And you know what? I'm convinced down to my toes that if we will do that, then the life of God will choke that other unnecessary stuff out. It will push it out of our lives. We will see it as unnecessary. It will begin to push it out. So that is what celebration church... That's our discipleship process. We're not sticking our heads in the ground and saying, well, you don't ever talk about sin. You don't talk about sin. Jesus dealt with sin. Why well, we want to talk about sin? It's, it's dealt with. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about what God wants to grow in you. That is what, we're, that is what this is about. And God wants to grow the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. That begins to change everything. Let's look at Romans 7 verse 4. It says, So my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another. To him who is raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit to God. 2 Corinthians 1 
said, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us and set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing of what is to come. What is to come? What is, that's what the exciting thing is. We begin to give our hearts to God and we know what the, the come is. We're going to be transformed into his image. My life is going to look different. And not because I got to put on my, my good little Christian clothes on every day and work real hard. It's because I say yes to God over and over and over and over and over again. And he transforms me. That's the promise. That is what we're doing. And see, these fruits or these virtues, see, these are the things that remind ourselves and others that God is working in us. These fruits remind us, oh, wow, man, I, that was, I, I responded pretty lovingly. That's not me. I normally would have lost it. I normally would have popped the cork and yelled, but man, God's doing something new in me. Man, I, I, I didn't lose my patience. There's some patience there. God's doing something. And it reminds us, wow, God's really doing something in our lives. And then reminds others. It, it, it helps others to see. John 15, 8 says, This is to my Father's glory. God gets glory out of this thing. That you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. See, the uh, first Samuel 16, 7, it's not in your notes, um, but it's, uh, it says that um, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. Now, this is a truth that we need to understand both sides of, folks, because it's, it's, it's the truth. Okay? We need to embrace the fact that God looks on the inside. We don't have to put on a show for him. He knows what's going on, loves us anyways, works in us anyways. But not that saying we've got to put on a show for, for men on the outside, but we have to understand that that's all the input that people have is on the outside. That's why it shouldn't surprise us that God ultimately then transforms our lives to have the life that is in us begin to show on the outside of us. Because it's only when that happens that people begin to see it and go, wow. That's why we ought to get excited about that when our outside life begins to reflect our inside life. What God has done on the inside of us and it begins to change. Because people, they don't know. They just have to, we just have to win them over with a consistent life of fruit there was a the, the years ago we got the opportunity to go to a guatemala and uh, visit a lady who is who has since passed away just a uh incredible incredible story her, her story is just phenomenal here in the states man she was she was poor poor i mean it was i mean real poverty here in the states worked real hard to raise her her nephew she didn't have any children of her own I mean, was just a, a giving woman, very uneducated. I mean, she, she spoke very broken English, and that was her first language. And, uh, but she had this passion. She had this passion to serve people. And she knew that God had called her to serve mountain Indians, specifically mountain Indians. Well, she got hooked up with our, our missions organization, and they began to, you know, try to put her in different places. None of them worked. None of them worked. They were about to give up on her. And all of a sudden, she just kept saying, I think that I've got to be in an opportunity to go and do a feeding station in Guatemala. And it was primarily dealing with mountain Indians 
there, and they all, they're like, okay, we're going to do this. Man, it just fit. She was a landowner within a couple of years for the first time in her life. I mean, things just begin to just turn around. She had respect in the city. She had, she had employees. She was just honored. The, the, the mayor would just do whatever she'd asked. It was just an incredible, incredible thing. But when she first got there, she had this heart to just really minister to these people. And th- this area was so poor that meat was a rare, rare, rare commodity. Well, here she's feeding 130 to 150 kids three times a week, and it's mainly soup and tortillas. But on Fridays, on Fridays, she wanted to make sure the kids got some meat. So she would go to the market, and she would cut up the meat and put that in the, in the stew. Well, the kids were real excited. They got to have meat. They didn't get that at home. That's why they were coming. They didn't get meals at home anyways. Well, it was so mind-blowing, so mind-blowing to people that somebody could provide meat in the, in the stew for 150 kids. They, they just couldn't believe it, that somebody could do that. That was just too much money. The, the rumors began to circulate. And all of a sudden, the number of kids was getting less and less. And instead of 150 kids, she's got 100 kids. And pretty, it got all of a sudden down where they're running about 70 kids. And she's like, what is going on? They finally began to investigate, and there were rumors... That she was taking one of the children. I'm not lying. There were rumors that she was taking one of the children and using a child for the meat, for the stew. And they were, uh, they were literally afraid to send their kids. That their kid would be used in the stew. And so she began to, where she would do, where she would bring the meat through the town. And let people see that she bought it at the market. And so, and then slowly but surely, things begin to turn around. And as she began to love and begin to pour out and was patient with people, instead of saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would accuse me of this. I've come, I've left my other country, I've come to serve you. All these accusations, she didn't get riled up. She was patient. She was loving. She was kind. She was gentle. She was, had the fruit of the Spirit shown in her life. That began to offset all of the other rumors. Whenever we came, that had been years in the past. And man, I'm telling you, those kids showed up. The town loved her. They normally, they don't have, they don't have the water turned on to the town all the time. They turned it on till noon and you filled your tanks and then you weren't off of that. So that our little team of 11 people could take showers whenever we wanted. She talked to the mayor and they left the, the water on to the whole town for the whole week we were there. Never turned it off. I mean, that was kind of influence that this woman began to have because of the fruit of the Spirit. It begins to change, begin to have this incredible impact in people's lives. Matthew 7, 20 says, Thus by the fruit you will recognize them. 2 Corinthians 3 says, You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. God wants us to be living letters. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, not written with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence as this is ours, that through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. John 13, a new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, and so you must love one another. But this, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's how 
people are going to see a difference. That's how they're going to be drawn to Christ is when they be, you and I begin to show this fruit of the Spirit out of our lives. They begin to realize that something really is different on the inside because these things that are attributes of God himself are showing up on the outside. And see, Matthew 6, 9 through 10. This is right out of the middle of the Lord's Prayer. It says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Folks, I think the fruit of the Spirit showing up in our lives is the ultimate example. The ultimate answer to that prayer of like in heaven right here on earth. Why? Because what's in heaven? Love and joy and peace and patience. See, God wants to bring heaven here through your life and through the work of the Spirit. He wants to give people a taste of what He wants to give them through your life. That's why this fruit of the Spirit thing is so important. That's why having our souls lined up and, and in order is so important and saying, God, God, use me. It really is the ultimate fulfillment. Let's choose to allow heaven's fruit to grow here in our lives. Let's say yes to that. Now, I appreciate if everybody kind of bow your heads and close your eyes. And we want to create a quiet moment here. Because the starting gate for this is to say yes to Jesus. See, he paid the price. He didn't. We sinned. We've messed up. We've earned death and hell and separation from God. But Jesus took all of that so that we can easily have life and have life more abundantly. He did it. And now it's up to us to say, yes, I'll take it. And if that's you today... If you say, hey, you know what? I'm still under this thing. I'm still under the weight of my sin. And I want to give it to God. And I want to take the life he has for me. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. And we want to pray with you. What a great day. Let this Independence Day weekend be your spiritual Independence Day. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's stand up. And I want to pray with y'all. I want to challenge you. As we begin to go through the fruit of the Spirit. To just be bold.